Hello and welcome to Stormers My Home Dune. We'll take a walk from the north to the south and I'll be helping you along the way. For centuries, Strumness has been connected to the sea. The Vikings named this area Hamnavo, the haven behind the small islands. From a straggle of fishing huts, a village grew and took its name from the surrounding parish of Strumness, meaning head of the tidal stream. The first known account of Strumness comes from a Latin manuscript written by Joe Ben sometime in the 16th century. Strumness is another parish and it has a safe harbour. Here is the best departure point for a fleet. Here Frenchmen and Spaniards very often avoid storms. Here no winds can harm ships. It is called Kirsten because it is fortified with stones. Health-giving winds blow here, which are called Estian. There is a bridge here, very dangerous for travellers, named Ye Brig of Vech, where very many people perish. In the late 17th century, Britain was involved in a series of European conflicts that rendered the English Channel unsafe for shipping. But there was a relatively safe route around the north of Scotland, and it was to be the making of Stromness. We were supremely lucky to have been brought up as boys in this town. It afforded us so much, a variety of people, a variety of experience and an environment that is pretty well unrivaled, I should think, anywhere. Maybe I was like a lot of other Stromnations and Arcadians who went away and discovered that in maybe four or five months you had the city absolutely taped, but you had this background of Orkney, which is the most valuable thing that you did possess. The richest thing of it is the community itself. If you did not arrive in Orkney by way of birth, then you maybe came by air or most likely by sea. The sea has been the lifeblood of Strumness. When I was about 16 to 17, I uh, had saved up me a few pennies and like I bought a boat. I think I got her for six pounds. We did her up and painted her and me and two other men went to the fishing together then. Went off early some mornings, very early. Maybe four o'clock, five o'clock, it all depended on the tide, but so. Well, we fished for cod and haddocks. The fish was plentiful on that day. We sold them through the town, fresh, live. And the people then, they wouldn't buy a fish if they got us out of it. They thought there was something wrong with them because of it. go away to the shore for, for limpets, a bucket of limpets, and nobody goes for that, no. So that it was a whole time occupation? Whole time, it's just, you were keeping going. Sometimes when the, when the weather was good, you got very little sleep. But you got plenty of holidays. <laughs> yes. Bad weather. Some of the old seamen were very, very superstitious. They never talked about rabbits or salmon and pigs. Pigs were absolutely huge, and 
they said we went and they protected He'd been out west gathering a bucket of limpets and he met the parson. He dumped them out of the dike and went home. He went and go and see with them. And was there any kinds of people you had didn't have to mention? Oh, there's some old women, witches. Witchy persons? <laughs> some took it up very bad. If they happened to meet such a woman on their way to fishing? Oh, they would turn back. We used to shout it to them just for fun to get them wild. Put them awful wild. <laughs> I went about 40 years to the fishing. It's a very, very hard life and very dangerous. Yeah. That's the most dangerous life going, going go to the fishing. The only difference was in the time when I was a boy, the price of fish. You could buy one headache, make a headache like that for three pence, but it cost you about three pounds a day. Oh, yeah, but you could go and get drunk for a pound. Yeah. You would still have ten shillings left in the morning. That would cost you a hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's kind of expensive. Today, Strumness fishermen work mainly with creels. Creels could be seen on the pier throughout the town. Behind the blue door in the south pier, the catches are processed. Okay, just come in, watch your head. <laughs> I work for the uh, Orkney Fisherman Society. It's a cooperative of fishermen which was set up in 1953 to add value to lobsters. That made a huge difference to the fishermen in Orkney. When it was set up in the 50s, although it was a fishermen's cooperative, it got a huge amount of support generally from the town. So businessmen like the first shareholder was the coal merchant, the school teacher, the headmaster, they were all shareholders and that continues. So when we built even the new factory in 1996, there was a lot of local people put money into it. It's quite an unusual model, there's very few fishermen cooperatives like this in the UK and it's one of the most successful ones. What made the big, big difference was the invention of a steel creel. In the past, they were made of wood. Fishermen and Orkney would only put their creels out at about April or May, and then they would fish until September, October, and then they would take their creels ashore. So it was very much a seasonal type of occupation. But when steel creels got invented, they could stand in, in stronger tides and poorer weather, and now fishing's become a year-round business because of it. I've been manager of the cooperative for 18 years. We sell all over the world. Yeah, and it's a good, it's a good industry to be in. Fishermen are nice people. was built in 1925 to provide facilities for the Thornley binders. The short-lived company fused seaweed extract and coal dust into briquettes for fuel. The pier now provides mooring for vessels including the Hamnavo ferry. Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain speaking. Welcome on board the Hamnavo. Bow and stern doors have been closed and we shall shortly be leaving the berth. Originally there was a steamship 
served across the Firth here until the early 50s when it was replaced by the first motor ship, which was also a ship with a derrick and lifted vehicles on and off rather than having the drive-on facilities that we have today. The first Roro ferry came on to service at the beginning of 1976, could carry about six or seven trucks and a number of cars. Gradually, as the ships have evolved, they've been able to carry bigger numbers, particularly of commercial vehicles. Every time there's been a change of ship, it's got bigger and uh, also usually faster. I mean, the crossing time when I was a boy was about two and a half hours, and with the introduction of the Hamnebo in 2003, it came down to a 90-minute crossing. Before the days of radio, the North of Scotland Company ships blew the Morse letter N, which is a long blast and a short blast, to indicate the people that the ship was coming in. We now only usually do it once a day, just as a tradition. Thank you for your attention. I hope you have a comfortable trip with us. And I hope you enjoy this trip. Time to move on. Just a pity bit over to the pierhead. Watch out for the cars. If you see one, just go into the side of the road and say hello to the cats. <laughs>